Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Monday, February 27th, 2023. Your boy Dave Neal here, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News, and this is the Rush Hour. All right, let's dive right into it. I hope everyone's doing well. Tonight's episode of The Bachelor, we've got a trailer for it. Zach heads to Estonia, COVID negative, I'm assuming. No Greer in sight. We'll have to see what happens with Greer. But uh, we've been analyzing Zach, as you do. And uh, as always, when it comes to professional um, professional uh, opinions regarding the psyche of Zach and what he's into and how he's coming across, we've got Dr. Diane Strakowski. I'm going to air my full interview with her. It's 25 minutes of goldenness. And she's going to discuss the type of... Um, a personality trait she sees in Zach, who she thinks would be a good fit for Zach, and also her opinion on Zach's reaction to Greer. So we're going to have all of that in today's Rush Hour. And um, I've also got a clip of Blake Horseman telling us uh, which host he likes better, Chris Harrison or Jesse Palmer. So we'll have that for you guys. But let's dive right into it. First things first today, I'm going to play the trailer for tonight's episode. As you guys know, if you're catching this on Monday, the 27th of February, we've got a live stream tonight on YouTube, 7 p.m. East Coast, 4 p.m. Pacific. And then directly after tonight's episode, we'll go live as well to talk about the fallout and reactions to what we see on our TV. But in the meantime, let's get a trailer for tonight's episode. Here's Zach in Estonia. Have a listen. Charity, let's make up for lost time, Zach. I'm still like obviously on his mind. Like it really feels good to know like he wants this one-on-one just as much as I do. Hello. Hello. Zach looks great. Oh, feels so good to see him. Estonia. Yeah, Estonia. Zach, before you go, can you come Yeah. All right, Kat, pull Zach aside. Oh. Stolen. The other women are not happy. Zach came there specifically for charity, and Kat steals him. All right, so I'm going to cut it short. Kat steals Zach from charity before Zach's one-on-one with charity, and then gives him a smooch, and all the other ladies are mad, like, how dare you? And that's going to be on tonight's episode of The Bachelor. All right, let's check out what Blake Horseman had to say regarding Jesse Palmer versus Chris Harrison. Um, You know, messing around on Instagram, that kind of thing. And he seems like a a much more laid-back, kind of like one of the boys, if you will, kind of hosts, you know what I mean? Um, he seems a bit more casual, which I actually enjoy. Um, and, you know, we've like, we've like kind of like jabbed at each other online, like funny things like that, you know, and I never did that with Chris Harrison. I think, you know, Chris Harrison had a aura around him, like a sense of like, and I'm not saying he necessarily was like this, but I think people thought of him as like, the Godfather, right? He was like, he was like too big to talk to, too big to DM, too big to comment on your photos. Chris Harrison, the Godfather. Yeah, that's a good uh, way to describe Chris versus Jesse. All right. Well, I don't want to waste any more of your time. This is the interview you guys have been ready for. I'm going to air this for you right now. And don't forget, tomorrow I'm actually going to be flying to Indonesia. So I'll have I'll have all of my. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's on Wednesday. I'll have um, on Wednesday. I'm flying to Indonesia. I'll have all of my clips ready to go beforehand. I've also got my interview with Clayton Eckerd all here on Bachelor Rush Hour. So make sure you're subscribed to get a load of that. You're going to love my chat with Clayton. It was fantastic. That's on Wednesday. But in the meantime, here's my wonderful conversation with Dr. Diane Strakowski. Have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, so excited. One of the my favorite people to talk to, Dr. Diane Strakowski. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dave. Now that I have my power back on, I'm doing even better. Yeah. Well, how did you lose your power? Are you up near San Francisco? Is that where? 
we are. And we had an incredible windstorm and boom, the power went out and then no Wi-Fi. And um, yeah, I was working from Starbucks. Well, oh, well, good to have you back. I, I had shows in both Santa Barbara and then San Diego. So I've been all up and down the California coast. There's hail and snow. I don't know what's going on, but glad you're safe and sound over there. And I, I always talk to you when shit starts to hit the fan. Uh, the shit's not hitting the fan, but it's piling up, I would say. Uh, what are your... I'm here to shovel it out. And yeah, and I wonder, and I have to ask uh, folks like you, you know, family therapists, psychologists, people that are experts, I have to ask these questions because I don't want to label Zach as problematic or all these sorts of issues, but we're going to discuss how Zach responded to Greer trying to relate to him. We've all saw the clip. Greer said, oh, I had COVID at the end of year sales. And he goes, this isn't like that. He stops the convo and keeps reiterating that. And I was like, she's just trying to start a convo. What were you, what was your take with that conversation? Oh, Dave, thank you for asking. I've had a lot of thoughts about this. Um, now remember also Zach doesn't have background history, right? He doesn't know that Greer is melting down, that she's got the T tattoo, that she's so, there's a lot of hype up before this, that she so desperately wants this date, right? So he he's getting a little snippet. And the one thing I think we have to slow down about is I think he got an ick from Greer when she walks in and she says, oh, what should I do? Oh, here's the iPad. And she says, usually I see myself and watch myself in the corner. And he's like, ooh, ooh, this sounds like another fake woman who's in it for the followers or something. And then he had to correct her. No, young lady, your little sales job is not the same as my search for love. So I think that was an important kind of part of that. And I think he just responded too abruptly, quite honestly. I mean, it was, you know, some people are also saying good for Zach that he was just direct. Yeah. And that's for sure a minority from the people I've polled, I'd say less than 10%. But you're right there. She has this fun moment where she goes, oh, I can't see myself. He sees that as she's vain. Whereas most people say, no, I just want to show my good angles to you. Like, I just want to present a good version of myself to you. Uh, he just he, he he just vacated the air out of that convo. And he did something. So he, I've seen it a few times when he was smelling fragrances with Gabby and she was like, oh, Woody. And she was like, huh. And he kind of looked at her like uh, it's almost like oh my gosh bro like chill out like <laughs> like it don't it's it, it and it could be the stress or all these other things but like oh boy it seems like like no sense of humor or whatever here but but yeah um all Gabby was I'm sorry all Greer was trying to do was just you know insert a little bit of a firsthand like the comparison was they both had COVID that's all that needed to happen absolutely and Dave I'm completely with you um and not with the minority. I thought it was too abrupt. I thought she was making a very genuine, fair comparison. And what she was really saying is, I know what it's like. I've had COVID and you feel trapped, you feel stuck. And there were a hundred different ways that I thought that Zach could have handled it, right? He could have said, he could have pulled him at James. Thank you for sharing, Greer. He could have said, um, Oh, you know how it feels then. You get it. 
right? To feel trapped, like I'm feeling better and I'm stuck and I'm in quarantine. Um, he could have even said, tell me more about your job, Greer. Now, we don't know if they edited that out, but like there was a, a switch that he seemed quite dismissive. And so everyone's like, ooh, he that didn't feel good. We all said that was not Zach's finest moment. And it was the first time or a, a series of times we started to see this. But as we mentioned before we went on air, you've seen this pattern. You know, you're a, you're a, you're a professional. You see things before we do. And by the way, is ick a professional psychological term? Because <laughs> you're so you're so cool, hip with the uh, the culture out here. It's not in the DSM. It is not in, uh, nor is gaslighting. But um Lots of people talk about it. In fact, the girls in one of the outtakes were talking about when you get the ick, that it's hard to get back, right? It, it's hard to like recover when you have the ick. Is the ick the precursor to the red flag? Do several icks equal a red flag? An ick is a, not really, because to me, a red flag, and I have one here, is that person is kind of dangerous. And so I'm really careful, Dave, about using a red flag. In fact, I didn't call Rachel a red flag either because I thought she was just being emotional. Let's not say that this means that you're not good for someone else. Okay. okay? A red flag is like a player. A red flag is someone who's always dismissive. And I think what we're talking about with Zach is a set of behaviors in the moment. He is sick. He has COVID. He's not feeling himself that we know in his ear is the pressure of the show. Got to go like otherwise, hey, take a week off. You're not feeling well. But hey, we got to get to the next place and the next place. I mean, this is locked and loaded, right? There's tremendous pressure. And he was robbed of a week. So given all of that, he's still and I think what's happening um, People have asked me the same thing. Is he a narcissist? Is he a diva? Is he um, entitled? Um, is he being disingenuous? I'm getting all those questions. And to tick those off, I don't think he's a narcissist. Uh, because truly a narcissist really kind of uses people in an unkind way. And we have seen, actually, we've seen Zach have a lot of empathy for the people that he likes. Mm. Right. We saw him sit with Katie, listening to her story, being very genuine and very caring. We saw him listening to Brooklyn with her domestic violence story. We saw him with Kat. We saw him with Gabby. So he can have empathy when he likes the person. And so why I say I think he had a little ick with Greer is to me, you're not one of the people who's probably going to continue. And somebody even asked the question, do you think maybe he self-sabotaged and picked a fight because it wasn't going to go very far? It's kind of like with Christina. Um, you tell me she's dramatic and now I have an out so I don't have to deal with the issue of whether I want to be an instant stepdad or not. Right. So I think when I say I wasn't surprised um, for me, this is a continuation of something in psychology. And I'm just a media psychologist. I don't know this for sure. I give a lot of caveats. This is just what I'm seeing on TV with all the edits and all the people that I know and I've treated that I think he has an anxious attachment style. 
And when somebody does something that he doesn't like and he needs to be in control and handle the narrative, that that's when we see the edge. That's when we see the abruptness that that some people called it rude. We see that edge in that moment. Do you think the show uh, knows this about him when they're in the casting process? Like, do they go, we need the anxious attachment. That's the quadrant of contestant that's going to do well. Is that something that they're looking at? Yes. <laughs> you know, there's also just who Zach is, right? People are saying he's the vanilla white guy. Um, but I think we saw a little bit of this with Rachel. We saw when, um, and I might have said this on your show before, but I'll repeat it. That in attachment theory, which is what I do, you only see someone's edges when they're in a threat situation. Mm. You only see who they really are when it's stressful and when the chips are down. So I say, we're all like tea. You don't see who somebody, their flavor until we're in hot water. And he's the, the hot water boils as the show goes on. So episodes one through three, he's still in control. He's got multiple people. Uh, the stress mounts when you get close to the end and maybe somebody self-eliminates or you realize that you don't get to have total control. And that's when things get tough. And when Zach was in this position with Rachel, and I still go back to that, like there was some code word that we're just going to say we have differences. And then all of a sudden he came around a bit dramatic and said, you know, she's one person this way, one person this other way. And that to me felt like the anxious, angry person who was hurt. Yeah, because in that way, he's controlling. And I I feel like with couples counseling, the last thing you want to do is say you or point the finger. But the narrative was, uh, she wasn't who I thought she should have been. And then once we saw the way he acted with Greer, you go, maybe he acted this way in the fantasy suite. And Rachel was like, don't talk to me like that. So, because I feel like Greer... In a, in a situation where she would have had a little bit more control, like there's still like a damsel in distress. Like, oh, I just, I'm so excited to talk to him. She, uh, you can almost see like her eyes going like, what the hell just happened? I would be so shocked if she doesn't continue to press him on the next episode with like, for like being like, hey, just so you know, like that didn't go over well with me. But yeah, what do you think? Do you think that's, um, he's uh, too quickly to get, put the blame on Rachel? Yes. Because I think if we just go back to other ways that Zach could have handled it, he could have said nothing. He could have said, thank you very much. Um, we both determined that we were different. But it felt like an anxious person sometimes want, because they feel so out of control, that they want to like assert more control. Like, I want to have the last say. I want this narrative to be correct. And that's how it felt like with Greer. Like, I have to correct you. And and one could say, I mean, I've read a lot of comments about this. Why isn't Greer's job just as important as his search for love? And especially like read the room, Zach, 90% of your audience is women. Uh, Do you see this in couples counseling where there's a power dynamic where one person makes more money so they feel like they're more important? Like, Like, does this play out as a normal concern in relationships? Absolutely. And And here's what I would be moving them towards. Okay. So if I was working with Greer and, um, and Zach, and they were a couple and they came in and I would say, Hey, Zach, can you see how, what Greer's talking about? She's actually trying to make a bridge here. 
She's just comparing the affect of being trapped and stuck. It's not literal. Okay. Like that's where we went wrong, that he was thinking like, literally you're comparing these two things saying they are the same. And she's just saying the feeling is the same. So I would want to help Zach see that that's, and he said, you know, I know you don't have any bad intentions, but she was like, oh crap. And now the second go round where I'm trying to fix it. And it's almost like it gets worse. And he has to double down again. And you're like, oh, God, Zach, just back off to your point. Like, let's just lighten up here. Yeah. It felt like he was doing the Irish step dance on thin ice. I'm like, Zach, what are you doing? Like, you're wasting more. You're expending more energy than just saying, yeah, it is the same. And and look, we're, we are all the star of our own show. And we, I have to remember that my wife's time is as valuable to her as mine is to me. And we have to be so respectful. And it was just a situation where it seemed like it could be so avoidable. Uh, where do you think Zach? going to go moving forward with this season? Do you, do you think we're going to see more? No, because obviously it's pre-taped. He doesn't get to listen to Dr. Diane Strakowski, uh, her advice, or else the show might be way more boring. <laughs> but um, where do you see him going the rest of the season? Well, I, again, we I think we're going to see some more flares. I think we saw that little moment um, with Jess where she says, you know, she's crying. I didn't get a one-on-one. It's not about the one-on-one. And uh, I think we're going to see a few more of these. But where do I hope? I mean, truly, I think Zach is genuine to the question, you know, is he being genuine? I think he is. I think he, why I come back to like, he's just young and insecure. And by the way, 75% of the population is secure. And most of the people who go on the show have an anxious attachment style. So I feel like I'm repeating myself, but that's kind of the people who want to find love, Mm. right? If I'm an avoidant person and I don't really care, I wouldn't go on the show. So me, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but these are the kind of people who, who want to find love, who feel like something's missing. So where do I see Zach going? He's definitely going to have more stress. And I don't know if there's going to be people self-eliminating, but that's going to be hard. And I do think that he could be a good partner. And that's why I don't want to say he's a red flag with the right person who calms him down. Right. Because I think someone like Gabby, who's a little anxious herself, someone like Greer, someone like Bailey, who was asking him like, like fight for me, Madison, um, Brianna, all those women needed something from him. And then it's like, oh, that's too much. This is about me. But who I love, Katie, Mm. Katie nurse. She's there for him. She's really got broad shoulders. But now to him, will they be enabling his behavior? Um, b- because they're a better fix, like will w- like will he will he not uh, feel that hot water? Or, uh, like how, like is, is that the helpful thing, or is it um, just like sort of they're codependent to his needs now? No, it's it's absolutely um, calming. Okay, I don't think of it as enabling because I don't think of it like uh, dependency and codependency. I think of it as we all have needs. Um, and I could use myself as an example. I'm, I've got this anxious attachment style myself, and I have a, a partner who's very stable, who really knows how to calm me down so they can heal me. He's not enabling me at all. He's counteracting that. Love it. So 
that can find a balance, a partner who's very stable, who maybe doesn't care about social media, who's clearly there for him. I see that as being Charity or um, Katie. If you noticed, even Katie, I thought she did a tremendous job that if you noticed when Gabby went on the date, Katie was the only one who was like, you go, girl. Mm. Let me see those gifts. You know, she was really there. And I like her because she feels like she's a girl's girl, too. Mm. Yeah. And she's not so into her own anxiety. And then she's at the door consoling him, probably talking about COVID. You know, I just think she could be a real anchor for him. And then the anxious person can get with someone like that and then really settle in and then really reach their relationship potential. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too. And I, by the way, I love these conversations. I know know our audience goes crazy when we have them because we're an audience of people that are trying to find love and happiness and health and inner child work and parents that we can accept us. And you, you really help us uh, shine light into some of these issues. So thank you for the time. Um, I do think most times, like we saw with Rachel, it's after the season has filmed that they reach that hot water boiling point. So it will be interesting to see if, Zach is with somebody, how they handle the post-show um, issues, as we saw Michelle and Nate, just terrible, you know, not, you know, just fell right apart, Katie and Blake, and so many times it falls apart once the scrutiny really happens. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the season as far as just um, entertainment goes? Well, I mean, as we know, Dave, um, Bachelor Nation is incredibly fickle. Right. First, it's like, oh, we don't want to see yet another guy like Zach who just looks like all the rest of them. But then, oh, we really like him. He's doing great. Now it's like, oh, my God, he's horrible. Right. This is we see so many arcs and so many ups and downs. And I just want to be the person who just like levels it all out. We're all observing this journey. Thank God none of us is, you know, on live TV, seeing all of our weak points. But in the end, and to your point, it's the relationship doesn't start until the cameras are off. And I would love it if he, if he did choose Katie because she lives in Austin, Texas. The biggest problem is this. You got to move, you've got distance. There's so many obstacles. And I love those shows like love is blind and married at first sight where they all live in the same city. Yeah. I mean, that's how dating was back in the day. You lived on the same cul-de-sac. Like my, my, my in-laws literally were neighbors. <laughs> Just that's how it worked. People forget. And I know because I moved from Chicago to California for a fiance. It put such tremendous stress on our relationship. Um, just acclimating. It, it's really like this whole elephant in the room that we're not talking about. And, and then you've got the media and why I worry for all the commentary is so now you come off your journey and now people are like red flag girl run. Ooh, that was bad. And, and that's where I think really the show does a discredit to their leads, which they could have edited that out. Yeah. We could have not seen that with Greer. And so I, I oftentimes it bugs me because I just feel like if you really want these to be successful stories, 
you can make some decisions about that. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting. You're right. Uh, some people were wondering, Claire Crowley gave Zach advice, like, don't, don't do everything the producers say, but there'll be consequences. And you wonder, like, is one of the consequences, like, no, you're going to do what we say or we're going to share this. Oh, uh, but also, you know, they didn't really tease it in a way. So I was actually surprised when it happened because I was like, I think this is bigger than this wasn't any of the spoilers. And I was like, this just felt like uh, the, the whole show was going in a trajectory. And then we just had a blip of like, oh, that's interesting. And of course, like I said, it's it's not no, by no means trying to write him off. But, you know, it's it's worth the discussion because we all have a piece of that inside of us where when the hot water, when we're in the hot water, how do we react to situations? It won't getting COVID, uh, getting fired, all these things, you know, you don't want your dad to be some angry guy and you pass that trade on, you know, it's like, let's just figure out what this is in our own lives and try to address it. So we don't, you know, project that to others. Yeah. And there was also an interesting, I don't know if you saw the interview with, um, drink or truth. Did you see that? Yes. Mac and Jesse. And I, I thought the one thing where just I'm thinking about all the things I'm thinking about his parents, what we know from hometowns, his mom like endorsed Rachel. His dad said, I'm a little worried about his emotionality. So I I'm paying attention to all of that. I'm looking at the Rachel. I'm looking at this, but back to Zach said that the biggest emotional negative relationship he had was with Rachel. Hmm. And so I'm thinking to myself, as Zach is listening intently to all these women about Brooklyn telling the story of a seven-year-long relationship and this trauma and that toxic trait, like how much relationship history does Zach have? He's 26. Mm. Yeah. Assuming there's nothing serious in college and then next thing you know, you're 23, you go on the show at 25. It's like, yeah, one, two tops. So we're like, wow, an eight-week relationship was like the most intense. I'm, I'm going... Wow. So that to me kind of recalibrated. Let's keep in mind that Zach may be young, may not have had a lot of relationship experience. Um, and now he's forced into the position and, you know, production is telling you this is your journey. We see these people who are one way as a cast and another kind of this is my journey. Right. And and so they kind of change. Mm. Um, and again, production, I think, really fuels that. I still would love to see an older, more mature bachelor who who has more life experience. Um, but I think Zach is doing okay. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Right. I don't think he's horrible. He's not the worst bachelor ever. I think this was a bad moment. I think we've seen a few bad moments. Uh, some people have gotten the ick from him, um, but I watch it for moments of goodness, for good conversation. I watch it for moments of, I watch for the women. I, I watch who's handling themselves well, who's, uh, you know, I also thought just, I don't know what you thought, Dave. I felt like they set all the women up on the group date to make it seem like they were all getting set up. And that he ghosted them because they all said like the same thing, like, oh, yeah. And then that was just a bad take on them, too. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The produ- they, they definitely were saying, what can we what can we make out of this situation? Let's get them all dolled up. Let's. And then all of a sudden we'll cancel out of it. Uh, the show is they're innovative, to say the least, with their ways of manipulating. <laughs> you know, and then I'm like, OK, 
for the benefit of the doubt, right, sometimes you have COVID symptoms and you test negative and you don't test positive until you do. And so I, I just sort of wondered, but like it, it also made the women look bad, right, to, to, to not be more empathic had they been told that he was sick. Yeah. Yeah, they you thought know, that he was, uh, you know, I'll give him a pass. Yeah, it's just real, uh, real uh, dichotomy of what they thought is going on versus him just, you know, uh, trying to battle COVID in his hotel room. Uh, yeah. It's been fascinating stuff. I'd love it if you would join me after the season to, to to wrap it all up because there's a lot of loose ends. I hope he doesn't mess with Jess too hard. I've, I've rooted for her. She's been nothing but kind. But um, uh, thank you again so much. Is there anything I can plug for you while we're here? You're um, no. so Dave, here's what I tell people too. I also have online courses. So if you are watching and you identify with either, you know, Rachel or or Zach, and you've got an anxious attachment style yourself, I have online courses to help people become more secure because it's really some science here to sort of help you figure out, okay, I need to learn how to calm myself down. I need to learn how to think more rationally. I need to communicate better to my partner. And if you are identifying with any of this, that's why I watch, because I want to say, what are the lessons we can learn? Can we move towards being more secure? That's what all of our journey is. We want to find love at the end, and then we want that to be successful, but none of us is perfect and just getting slightly better at all of this. So I have what I call the back to love school, and that's what I do. Um, Also, for some people who can't meet with me personally because I can only work in California, this is for people online. Amazing. And people can go find you on Instagram, back to love doc. I'll post a link in the comment section. All your links are there. Give her a follow. And I, I always, again, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and you offer, you offer us so much insight to what we're seeing on the screen and also what's going on right in here, because it's important that we take some, uh, you know, learn from what we see and try to apply it to our own lives. Thank you, Dave. You are always such a generous host and I appreciate you contacting me and I love it when stuff gets juicy. Like this is, <laughs> this is, this is what I love. All right. It's piling up. We'll see you later. Okay. Thanks. And that's it, folks. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment on my Instagram, at dneals, the Facebook community, Dave Neal's community, or you can join Patreon if you want some more behind-the-scenes content, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. All right. Until tomorrow, I've been Dave Neal. This was The Rush Hour. Rush Hour.